Money FM 89.3. Best of drive time. Money FM 89.3. It is drive time with Elliot Danker, Timothy Go, and Chua Tian Tian. Time now for Market View. I know in a while you're going to talk about REITs, Tian Tian, but mm. uh, first things first, let's do the usual recap. Right. So, a quick recap here. Singapore shares fell today following mixed activity in the US and Europe. So, if you look at the Straits Times Index, it started 0.1% lower at 3,236 points in early trade after 157 million securities changed hands. Now, off to the closing numbers. The benchmark STI closed up 0.18% in the green at 3,245 points. In terms of value turnover, we are looking at 1.08 billion Sing dollars. Now, gainers trailed losers though, 251 gainers versus 267 losers. Top advances for today, Cortina, OCBC and Plateau Capital and top decliners, GMHUSD, Jardin Cycle and Carriage and New Incorporation. Now, some companies we're seeing new developments to Today mm. include Yang Zijiang Financial Holdings. Okay. It is partnering with Singapore-based fund manager Tahan Capital Management to invest in private credit assets in Asia. Now, meanwhile, several China-focused REITs they have outperformed their peers listed on the SGX over the last six months amid China's recovery. But really, to what extent does this suggest about the speed of China's recovery from the pandemic? Well, lots to watch. And joining us in studio as we break down all these developments is James Chiu, Chief Investment Officer, Southeast Asia at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth. James, welcome to the studio. A pleasure to be here. And James, maybe let's start with the Singapore stock market as usual. How did the STI fare today? Which are the levels to watch? Uh, well, I think it went up a little bit, but I think you have to put into context, I think uh, the STI is entering into a sort of a consolidation pattern in mm-hmm. which I think it will trade along a range of around 3,200 to around 3,400. And also, I think this consolidation pattern is not just limited to the Singapore stock market, but very mm-hmm. much uh, if you look at uh, even the United States. Likewise, I think that it's being traded on very much global factors such as interest rates. Are we peaking yet? Inflation trends and of course, uh, China. Uh, James, let's take a look at some of the biggest movers for today, the sectors they lie in. Any in particular stand out to you? Well, I think, of course, in Singapore, it's definitely uh, the banks, right? Yeah. And, and clearly, mm. I think the direction of interest rates is going to be very important. <laughs> yeah. uh, and of course, in a higher interest rate environment, uh, banks tend to do uh, better. But yeah. I think we need a little bit more clarity on where interest rates are finally going to be. I think we are near the peaking of interest rates, but maybe we still have we still need to see a few more data points to get that finalised. Mm, and we'll talk about interest rates in just a bit. But uh, James, I do want to take a look at some of the ch- largest ch- China-focused REITs by market cap here in Singapore, like Capital Land China Trust, Cesar REIT, in fact, they have outperformed their peers listed on the SGX over the last six months. What does this tell us, really, about the speed of China's recovery from the pandemic? Well, I think what's important is first the reopening is creating a faster than expected uh, recovery. But also, I mm-hmm. think importantly, in terms of China's property market, uh, there is also policy measures to sort of kind of provide funding support to the developers. I think this is a big change uh, compared to over the last two years in which uh, China's property market was going through a self-deleveraging. So when you look at uh, recent data, there are some signs that uh, there is a, a sort of a recovery in, in China's property market. So I think that's very important. Uh, it might not return back to the heydays uh, mm. a few years ago, but certainly I think we are witnessing some recovery. Could that kind of support taper off given how China has set this lower than expected target for economic growth at around 5% and how concerned should we be given that incoming data remains strong, though slightly mixed uh, if you look at export numbers? 
Uh, well, if you look at uh, the, the cycle, right, I think this time around a 5% growth, it's very much a sort of a, a time in which uh, it's, uh, you know, you are kind of uh, under promise over deliver sort of situation. But it's really very much a, a cycle in which it's going to be driven very much by consumers. So you have the reopening, there will be pent up uh, demand by consumptions and consumers. It's hard to put a number on that compared to the previous uh, uh, kind of MPCs in which uh, the growth targets are very much driven by government uh, spending, by mm. infrastructure investments, and those things you could target even more uh, uh, accurately. But this time around, I think it's really the kind of the re return of the consumption story that's going to be very important for China. Yeah. We're speaking with James Cho, who is Chief Investment Officer, Southeast Asia at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth. Uh, James, I'm getting used to this phrase. We need to look at more data. <laughs> Famously coming out of the United States a lot. And we're getting uh, the February jobs reports in the spotlight this Friday. Uh, you're expecting non-fund payrolls to have increased by 190,000 for the month of February. That's lower than the market consensus. I believe that's uh, 215,000. Why is this the case? Well, I think the, the fact of the matter is that the data is going to be very important, even for the Federal Reserve, sure. uh, because mm -hmm. they have kept interest rates at this level. They might increase by a little bit more, and they want to see the impact of such interest rates on the labour market. Okay. So that's why I think data from the labour market is going to be crucial. Would it weaken or not? And clearly, January's jobs data was extremely strong, 517,000. Uh, mm. it, it might be a one-off, mm. uh, but I think the next data, particularly this Friday, non-farm spirit is going to be very important. And of course, unemployment rate. Yeah. Will unemployment rate increase and will that kind of have an impact on wages? I think these are very crucial uh, factors to watch out for. I just want to very quickly uh, follow up on this point, uh, which is the fact that non-farm payrolls, HSBC's expectation is 190,000, which is lower than market consensus. What are the reasons for that? Well, we think that in, in a way where the interest rates are currently and, and what's being priced in the market is starting to kind of uh, curtail or bite uh, the labour market somewhat. Mm. Uh, so in that sense, we think that there will be a slowdown in the pace of uh, new jobs creation. So I think that's why we have a slightly uh, lower than a market consensus. Right. But nevertheless, I think generally we should start to see in the months ahead uh, some stabilisation, I think, the jobs market. Right. If we're expecting some stabilization in the jobs market, uh, then where do you see peak rates going and how should investors position our portfolios in terms of the asset allocation, geographical allocation in the near term, say for this quarter? Yeah, I think we are very close to where peak rates are. It could be in another meeting or, or two. So we are very close. Um, but nevertheless, I think markets have really priced in uh, peak rates at around above 5.4% uh, thereabouts. Mm. And that number keeps changing. Uh, so I think from that perspective, at this point of time, um, I think bonds look much more attractive compared to equities because if you were just invested in, let's say, the two-year US government treasuries, you would have gotten uh, about 5% just on coupons. Mm. We're not talking even about price appreciation yeah. uh, from a total return perspective. So bonds look very attractive. And of course, you want, you could extend the duration of the bonds. But also from that perspective, uh, equity markets selectively, let's say the Chinese market, also look uh, quite interesting 
given the reopening dynamics. But of course, I've, I think uh, one should slowly kind of uh, look at some of these uh, equity markets and slowly position into, into these opportunities. And James, before we let you go, I do want to take a look at some of the um, corporate news. Super app maker Grab is paying off $600 million US dollars in its debt maturing in 2026 in light of rising rates because it has a sort of a healthy cash position, according to the company. But yet at the same time, we have other tech giants like Meta cutting down staff amid poorer operating conditions. To what extent will the current economic environment shake up the tech industry? Well, I think you would just look at the variable of interest rates. I think uh, that's very important because in the past when interest rates was almost zero, um, uh, investors tend to look at the future cash flows of tech companies mm-hmm. and were very optimistic about it, especially post-pandemic in which there is a lot of optimism around uh, the digital revolution. But I think those factors still hold true. But I think Mm. now investors are more focused on cash flows at the nearer term. And Mm. that's why you see many of these tech companies trying to improve their cash flows, whether it's through managing headcounts or even through reducing uh, interest expense. So because investors are looking much more uh, intently on on, uh, present cash flow uh, with a nearer term because, as you know, um, all uh, financial assets are actually a discounted uh, cash flow from mm. the future and they, they put more focus right now on, on cash flows that are more visible rather than further out. The present value of money and a higher discount rate there. Yeah. Uh, thanks very much, James. That was James Chiu, Chief Investment Officer, Southeast Asia at HSBC Global Private Banking and Wealth. Thank you very much for joining us on Money FM 89.3. Before acting on the information on Money FM, please consider if it's suitable for your own investment objectives, financial situation, and risk tolerance.